Welcome back to the Misfits and Mysteries podcast, your your weekly podcast for everything from psychology and history to aliens and cryptids and everything in between. We are your hosts, Emmy and Steve. So Steve, how are we doing? Pretty good. Actually, I want to start the show off with something a little different because for the first time ever, I have some news, some okay. news stories from around the world that are pretty quick, that are relevant to us. Let's do it. First, you know about the thylacine or the Tasmanian tiger? Mm-hmm. So people are really excited in Tasmania. They believe they caught them on a camera. Turned out it was just a pack of wild dogs. But the best part of the story is this guy was like one of Australia's like a very well-respected Australian biologist. And in the video, the man has his shirt like half off. He's clearly like hammered. He's holding a beer. I am so happy that this is supposedly Australia's top biologist. And he's just like a generic Australian man. Oh my God. Hammered talking about thylacines that just turned out to be stray dogs. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. And then the other thing is, you see this video of like a UFO, I believe it was. And they think it was a UFO flying above a jet. No. It's, where? It's crazy. I don't know where it was, but I I pre- it looked like that. it was over the ocean. I couldn't pinpoint the area. That's cool. Wait, I want to look that up. Hold up. I started on the uh, Pat McAfee show, which is a sports talk radio show. So interesting enough. UFO over... I think it was a jet plane. Jet plane? Five days ago. American Airlines, it was. Yeah. You should watch this. It's crazy. I'm going to watch it right now. All right. Are you watching the one from Fox? Yeah. I hope it's the right one. Because this is just showing the flight path. No, Fox is garbage. They're just showing the flight path. There's nothing here. Let me find the thing from the Pat McAfee show. I didn't actually watch it because I listened to the Pat McAfee show because it's a radio show. But mm-hmm. apparently there's this UFO that was just flying over a fucking American Airlines flight. But I described it as, I believe it's like a cylindrical thing flying over it. Yeah, there's no video footage, but reportedly there was a close encounter with a American Airlines flight. That's pretty wild. And that's all the news I got. I didn't do this as a real segment. I just happened to have a couple of things I want to talk about that yeah. were in the news recently. Well... We don't usually have topical things. <laughs> I, I know we don't. I mean, these are going to be so untopical too because we're recording in advance this week. <laughs> I mean, I hadn't heard of them yet, so. Yeah, well, I mean, somewhat topical, exciting. And then other news, now that I can legally uh, make Curiosity Stream a business expense for this because we've te- technically written a blog about it <laughs> and we've used it in, in a few episodes, I upgraded to the 4K package and we have a 4K TV and it's incredible. What does that even mean? It's just all the footage is in 4K. So it's just really nice looking. With 4K, what I'll be honest about is you don't really notice a change in the quality of the documentary compared to like a normal HD. But where you really notice it is when they're like flying over a landscape, you can truly see the depth perception between like mountains and stuff and rocks. It's pretty wild. It's just really sharp looking. That's really cool. I watched a documentary about dragonflies last night. Ooh. Which I think are the only insects i'm not completely grossed out by dragonflies are cool a little fact you know little like blue ones that are skinny are called damselflies and the big ones are the dragonflies i did not know that big thick ones are yeah you know if a dragonfly lands on you it's supposed to be a sign that someone who has passed away is like trying to communicate with you really that's cool 
Same with a cardinal. I learned this from TikTok, so it's probably true. Um, I also learned from TikTok that if you have sex in a dream, it means the demon's trying to get you. So I don't think TikTok's very well. Well, it was some Christian bullshit. I'm not trying to show Christianity, but if you're trying to impose your beliefs, I don't care what religion you are. If you're trying to impose your beliefs on someone and you're just spewing bullshit, like you can go fuck yourself. Yeah. I don't trust TikTok. <laughs> we, we were in a weird part of TikTok, you guys. Yeah, that's why on we our, deleted our, our TikTok. our Misfits and Mysteries account. We had to delete it. It got really bad. I liked like one fishing video and then <laughs> this turned into QAnon and like Christian people telling other people are going to go to hell because they believe in evolution. Fuck that. This is not the niche not we want to be in. I don't know how we got there. Yeah, we literally could not get out of it. So we deleted it and then we restarted and then audiograms just don't do well on TikTok. So we're on a permanent hiatus with our TikTok. Like I was getting sucked in. It was like every other video was either a dog. We had so many dog videos, mm-hmm. dogs or like Trump talk. And that was it. Yeah, I don't understand. We didn't get any paranormal stuff, any cryptids. Now we're like in the right niche, but everyone just on TikTok, which I hate. I am a really big anti-misinformation guy. Even when we talk about things that are probably not real, I personally don't like to talk about them unless I've done research and read a few articles. Because mm-hmm. even if things are fake, right? As long as there are a few accounts of it, that's good enough for me. But if you're just saying something, there's no account of it on the internet anywhere, yeah. then you're then you're full of shit. And I and we also come at things with a skeptical eye too. You know, like we're not saying that everything we talk about is real. In fact, most of the things we talk about are probably not real. Yeah, but it's more fun to keep an open mind and discuss them this way. But exactly. yeah, I just want to be transparent. If you're new to our show, we're not non-believers, but we do believe in having research-based facts. And not just making things up. The worst offender was there's this video on TikTok I saw. For some reason, TikTok is obsessed with giants. I don't know why. Giants don't exist. We would literally know about them if they existed. Are you telling me that we haven't noticed a giant yet? People think, I haven't even heard of that. So the worst offender is multiple TikTok accounts were using a Japanese film of a giant, a film, like not a real movie, a thing. Yeah. And from like the whatever, the early 1900s. And they were using it as video evidence that giants existed and the Japanese had one. And I was like, holy shit, guys. This is literally video footage of a movie. It's just misinformation is rampant on there. It's just, it's not good. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's how it is on all social media. Yeah. I mean, as we talked about last week with the Mandela effect, they found that 70% of the time, 100% of the time, people will share fake news over real news. Yeah. Um. Anyways. So, how are things going? You done anything fun lately? <laughs> what have I been doing? I've been doing a lot of rollerblading. You have? Yes. I bet you haven't bladed today because it's a little chilly willy. No, I did not today. Do you rollerblade or roller skate? I do both. Ooh. It depends. So if I'm just out there trying to get exercise, I'll blade. Mm-hmm. But if I'm trying to do like cool tricks and shit, <laughs> I will do my skates. That's fun. Is roller derby on roller skates or roller blades? Roller skates. It's not like street hockey where you're on the blades. Yeah. I am bummed because 
I was supposed to join a roller derby team in January, but of course with COVID, it's like just on hold for this foreseeable future. Mm -hmm. But fingers crossed we'll be able to do it sometime. Yeah, fingers crossed. That'd be fun. I'm just excited. I get my second vaccine on March 26th. And then two weeks until I'm completely healthy and safe. So I'm excited for that. You're going to go out and party your face off? Probably not. I mean, (laughs) I could still in theory infect other people. So that wouldn't be the right thing to do. But like, I'll do things and see more people because I can't get it. And more importantly, my parents won't be able to get it because they'll be fully vaccinated too. You know, once we're both vaccinated, we can go get fucked up at Applebee's. Fucked up at Applebee's. Anytime we want. Yeah, I mean, once I'm fully vaccinated, you don't really go anywhere. If you want, we can go on a fishing trip. We can go on adventures. We're the Bronx Zoo, finally. We can. And then we'll finally interview a penguin. Oh, I also watched a, pe- a documentary about the Falkland Islands. It's just an island that has four or five different species of penguins. And like, why don't I live there? It's roam free. That's cute. Yeah, I know. Imagine how great that would be. I think for every sheep they said that it was there, there was two king penguins. You want to know kind of like a weird slash sad story? Sure. So I don't agree with them doing this, but Mm -hmm. I think it's a strange story. All right. So I had some family friends who basically they had these farm animals. Okay. Mm -hmm. They had a bunch of chickens and... I think basically what happened was their son, who was like a teenager at the time, they were up at their lake house and there was this little island in the middle of the lake. And he was like, how funny would it be if I took like 10 chickens and put them on the island and then we'll just have like a chicken island? Oh boy. Okay. He puts the chickens on chicken island. I'm telling you like a super small island. Yeah. So you can kind of tell, like, there's not bears. There's nothing really there. Mm -hmm. When I tell you the next day he comes back to check on the chickens, they're all gone. Every single one of them gone. Can chickens fly? No. Hmm. Isn't that strange? Do they drown maybe? I don't know. Or this isn't like um, probably Adirondacks area, right? Yeah. So- a park ranger is probably like, you fucking idiot. You can't have these here if I remove them because they didn't want to ruin the biodiversity. Yeah. I mean, I guess so. It's just weird how quickly it happened. Mm-hmm. You know, like who was checking out that island to make sure there weren't any chickens on it? I don't know. I mean, it's possible someone just happened to be strolling by like, this isn't right. Yeah, I guess so. Or the chicken triangle, perhaps like the Bermuda Triangle. This is a perfect segue. Yeah. So today I'm talking about the Bermuda Triangle. And what are you talking about? You want to know what I'm talking about? Yes. The Bennington Triangle. Ooh. Like Bennington, Vermont or Bennington? Bennington, Vermont. Actually? Yeah. I never heard of this. I was just guessing. (laughs) Is it dangerous? Because we could visit it. I have a house. I've been to Bennington, Vermont before. I have too. It kind of gives me like creepy vibe. Yeah, because it's the heroin capital of the U.S., I think. Really? I'm pretty sure it's Bennington is like per capita the most heroin overdoses. It seems like such a 
just like a small town like it's there's nothing really going on there it's on the way to my house actually so there's the bennington monument right yeah and there's like a weird story about that and i think bennington i knew before that bennington was supposed to be like haunted we drive by bennington to get where my house is over by manchester i'm not gonna tell you exactly where my house is so we have a very (laughs) small town but there's near the city i love how they call them cities in vermont because they're like little cute little towns yeah city of manchester but yeah so we drive by this all the time we've been to like the welcome center that's about it i mean i love vermont it's a beautiful place there's a little bit too much snow on the ground right now for myself but it's a great place we'll talk more about vermont yeah so before we hop into the episode just a couple quick announcements our newsletter came out last friday so Sign up for it. You don't want to miss out. We feature a podcast or two every month or another creator who we think you guys would enjoy. We also have our blogs and merch and all that stuff. Also, don't forget to check out our blogs on our website, misfitsandmysteries.com. We now have a real release schedule. We're releasing blogs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So it's going to be content there for you guys. Also, subscribe to our podcast on your preferred podcast platform. And if you feel so inclined and want to help us out, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Please leave a review on please (laughs) oh so we're doing pinocchio in space next week and should we just say fuck it and announce the logo redesign competition and give ourselves a week to deal with it or what all right and fuck it we're gonna do um logo redesign competition more details to come this is recorded in advance so emmy and i have not fully figured out the details but information will be on misfitsandmysteries.com check it out all right let's hop into the episode All right, and we're back. So today I'm going to be talking all about the Bermuda Triangle. So before I did this research, I actually did not know a ton about the Bermuda Triangle. Like I knew what it was and Mm -hmm. it was like a scary thing when I was a little kid, but I thought it was kind of small. I didn't know it it spanned 500,000 square miles. I didn't know that either. Like, literally, it just this whole fucking section of the ocean. They're like, yeah, this is the Bermuda Triangle. It's like, okay, great. Is there any land in the Bermuda Triangle? No. If I remember the map correctly, I think it cuts out. Like, it touches tip to tip to tip, but no land is within it, except for potentially Atlantis. It looks like some of the Florida Keys might be in it, but who knows? I think it's like the coastline. I don't think it's the actual land. Gosh. Um, So yeah, I didn't really know much about it, but 50 ships and 20 airplanes are said to have gone down in the Bermuda Triangle, which is too much for us to cover. I just chose like four stories. I'm sorry if you guys have heard them before. It is easier to get more information about the more famous stories from the Bermuda Triangle. No, I kind of thought that more ships and airplanes would have gone down than just 50 ships and 20 airplanes, considering how fabled it is a lot dude though it is but it's a really heavily trafficked area so you'd think that like more than that would go down how often does a plane go down though like not that often but not often we'll sort of get into that the other thing that is a fact about the bermuda triangle is as scary as these disappearances are and like all these coincidences you got to remember that this is a unusually heavily traveled waterway and region so more crashes are likely to happen if you have more traffic you know Mm -hmm. just by the rule of very large numbers 
So that's something to factor in. There are some very, very hard to explain stories here. But I mean, like, a lot of planes go into JFK, too. That's true. That's very true. No, a lot of really weird stuff happened. I acknowledge that. I'm just saying, keep an open mind, but also factor in that anything you hear online, you got to realize a shit ton of of boats and airplanes (laughs) have flown through this and constantly fly over here. So statistically speaking, they're going to go down. Also, my favorite thing before we start is, some idiots on the internet, as idiots on the internet do, have tried to link the Malaysian Airlines flight, which is nowhere fucking near the Bermuda Triangle. Their disappearance of the Bermuda Triangle. And I love the internet because it's just full of the dumbest people on the planet. How are you telling me that the Bermuda Triangle is responsible for the Malaysia Airlines going down <laughs> like Singapore? Yeah. Not how geography works. You never know. All right. Well, I digress. <laughs> Let's get into this. Let's do it. <laughs> so reports of unexplained occurrences date back to the 19th century, so the 1800s. And in most cases, some ships were discovered completely abandoned for no apparent reason. And others transmitted no distress signals and were never seen again. So look, a lot of weird shit has happened. And like, we don't know where these ships went, but... Just keep that in mind that these are heavily traveled waters. Yes. Okay. So the first like notable weird occurrence actually was all the way back in 1692 when Columbus sailed the ocean blue, I believe. Is that correct? 92? <laughs> he sailed the ocean blue in 1492. Yes. In 1492 is what I said. You misheard me. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking 1400s, but it seemed too far ago. So the first occurrence is reported was... When Columbus went on his first voyage to the New World, he reported a great flame of fire crashing into the sea one night, and that strange light appeared in the distance for weeks later. Could be aliens, but it sounds like it was almost definitely a meteor, and he didn't know what a meteor was. Wait, it was in the sky? Yeah, and it crashed into the water. Oh, yeah, probably a meteor. I just think that he didn't know what a meteor was. Could have been... (laughs) Could have been aliens, though. We cannot rule it out. Cannot rule it out. He also wrote about how erratic his compass became. It was crazy all the time. They'd never pointed north. But an interesting fact about the Bermuda Triangle is parts of it are on a latitude that actually faces true north. And back then, especially, compasses didn't account for that. So there's magnetic north and true north. And there are certain parts of it where magnetic north and true north like line up. Mm. So it just fucked up all their compasses. But yeah. I could understand where some of this mythology came from. If you're a seafaring person and the only way you can get around is by your compass and your compass is just like it's shit out. Freaking out. Yeah. yeah. Your compass isn't freaking out. But then again, they didn't really know science. Like he didn't know what a meteor was. So how the hell would he know that? He didn't know about <laughs> magnetic north and true north. Well, I mean, this is unexplored waterways, you know, by the Europeans. Well, yeah, and didn't they think that the Earth was flat at this point? Yeah, I mean, some people still do, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so they didn't know about, like. They thought he was going to fall off the world. So they had no idea that true north and magnetic north would ever be, like, the same thing. Dude, how did they have a compass? <laughs> you know, that is an excellent question. How the fuck did compasses work? Did we just make up? No. So compasses work. Be- north is something we invented, like north, south, east, and west. But the magnetic we poles. The names. Yeah. But like, like the magnetic poles always point that direction, right? It always points north. 
there's like a type of rock they use that actually does line up with the magnetic poles, right? So that's a real thing. North is just a concept we invented, but it does always point north. All right. Sorry, I'm sending you down a, a weird path. I just had never thought about compasses before. <laughs> All right. You want to go on a weird path real quick. Have you ever thought about how fucking photography works? Not like digital cameras, just photography. Dude, GIS in college, we learned how it worked and it made no sense to me. I, yeah. Because we're talking about how like LIDAR and stuff works. And my uh, professor, she explained how chemical photos work. It just didn't make any sense to me. It just broke my brain. Yeah. I mean, how could you like capturing a moment in time? It's a chemical and it's like a chemical reaction too. Uh, Yeah. It's just actually, it almost makes more sense to me having film mm -hmm. that captures light, but like on your phone. Yeah. How the fuck does that happen? It's crazy. It like programs the pixels or something. The pixels of what? Of what? I don't even know. I'm not, (laughs) I don't know. Dude, somebody needs to explain. Yeah. uh, Honestly, like items to me. We do this. Like, I also want to know how the fuck ovens work. Like, I know how to operate an oven, but how does it get hot? All of that stuff, like computers. Oh, no, I don't, I don't want to explain computers. That makes no fucking sense. I know how it works. All motherboards and shit. Like, but how do they figure out? I don't know. Well, actually, one last thing. Who the hell figured out the first computer science language? I don't even really understand what that is. We could talk to my uncle. He, um, he was one of like, the first people to do that. All right. So back on track. Okay. So that was the first thing with Columbus. And then we get the tale of the Ellen Austin in 1880 as a ship. On December 5th, 1880, the Ellen Austin departed on its usual route from Liverpool, England to New York, which was supposed to be its last journey as a packet vessel. I did not Google what that meant, but Mm -hmm. I think it means a transport ship. I don't know though. The trip was going according to plan until they reached the Sargasso Sea in early 1881, where they spotted an abandoned shoot. Do you know ships? Do I know ships? Is it called a schooner or a schooner? No idea. S-C-H-O-O-N-E-R. Right. Schooner, I think, or schooner? I don't know. Like schooner. Scoop? Did he whoop? Yes. So they (laughs) spotted an abandoned schooner that was eerily floating about in foggy open waters. The captain was suspicious that the ship might be part of some sort of pirate trap, and the crew observed the mysterious vessel for the next two days from afar until it was deemed safe to approach. So my question just right off the bat is, don't you have like a limited number of rations? Can you really afford to spend two days just staring at a ship from a distance? Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, okay. So that just confused me. Until they deemed it safe to approach, the Ellen Austin moved towards the derelict ship through a, quote, soup-like veil of fog and attempted... Oh, my God. That was so weird. I saw you in the corner of your, my eye, and you, I don't even know. You looked like a weird little human with your hat on. <laughs> you look like you. My Earlier today, I looked like this with my bun up. <laughs> with like a looked like a penis or something. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> that was pretty funny. So an armed crew was sent to board the seemingly well-maintained ship. The ship was completely abandoned. There was no sign of struggle. 
nothing appeared to be missing. All the cargo is available. The only thing that was gone was the nameplate of the vessel, any semblance of a crew, and the captain's log. The cargo was all still intact, and there was a load of pure mahogany wood, which was worth a fortune. So they concluded that the crew must have been forced to suddenly evacuate the ship because nothing was stolen and the ship was undamaged. With the ship and all the cargo intact, this seemed like an opportunity of a lifetime to make a shit ton of money. Mm -hmm. So the captain instructed a, quote, prize crew to sail to New York in tandem with the Ellen Austin. This went smoothly at first, but a sudden and violent two-day storm separated the two ships. And after the skies cleared, there was no trace of the abandoned vessel or the prize crew anywhere. They simply vanished. And then a day later... The crew of the Ellen Austin spotted the same ship drifting in the horizon. And when the Ellen Austin approached, the crew was nowhere to be seen. And once again, all the ship's belongings were left behind. But like the first time, the new logbook was missing. So the crew, obviously, because sailors are all super, super superstitious. I didn't mean to even do that. Super superstitious. Yeah, they're not just a little stitious. They're superstitious. <laughs> The crew of the Ellen Austin believed that the mysterious ship was cursed and were like, let's leave us alone. Unfortunately, their greedy captain decided that its cargo was too valuable and there's no way that this would happen twice on his watch. So he convinced some brave crew members to go aboard. But this time, the unnamed ship would stay really close to the Ellen Austin. Mm -hmm. And it started going great early on. But nothing was bad first few days and then shit got really weird so according to the crew members who survived on the ellen austin although the sea was calm an impenetrably thick fog rolled in out of nowhere making visibility non-existent and despite their incredibly close distance the two vessels lost sight of each other when the fog suddenly disappeared there was no sign of the ship it had again vanished with the crew and this time the spooked captain and the crew of the ellen page decided not to look for it and booked it to New York. Wow, they just, like, no thank you. Imagine if, like, their friends just, like, went beyond them and were fine. It's like, hello, guys, where are you? We're out of ration. Now we know how you really feel. Yeah, I know. I was like, come on, guys. Unfortunately, though, we're never going to know what actually happened on the Ellen Austin because this occurred in 1880-1881. But the story didn't become popular or published in newspapers until 1906. And at that point, it had been retold so many times that, like, as we talked about last time with the Mandela effect and the fallibility of memories, it just became so hard to discern what was actually true and what actually wasn't. Because it was retold so many times in so many different iterations by different sailors that we lost a lot of what actually happened. But what we do know for a fact is that the Ellen Austin was a real vessel that sailed between New York and England during this time frame under the command of A.J. Griffins, who was the guy who was commanding it at the time. The Ellen Austin also actually sailed, sailed between Liverpool and New York on December of 1880. So that's also true. Mm-hmm. And there's also a record of a derelict vessel that was really found that had a ton of mahogany wood on it, but it's unclear where or when it was encountered. But besides that, we don't really know what actually happened, what happened. And part of it, too, is that there's some instances where only the first crew vanished and the second crew freaked out and went back to the ship. And the story has been retold so many times by sailors that it's just like been so diluted that we can't tell what's the truth. 
But we know for a fact that a derelict ship full of mahogany was found. Mm-hmm. That vessel actually did depart during that year, and it was captained by who they said it was captained by. Um, honestly, we don't really know what it is. Could it be a curse? Could it be a ghost ship? Who knows? Who knows? That is interesting, though. Yeah. I'd be super interested to do an episode and you know, your thoughts on this. Do an episode, not even just on like pirates, but just do like an episode on legends from like the seven seas. Because mm. there's a lot of folklore, like Davy Jones locker, the Kraken, all that stuff. Yeah. There's I mean, that might be more than one episode. That could be a series. Yeah. And that'll give me an excuse to use my English to pirate translator I found. <laughs> <laughs> you guys steve proposed that we do an entire episode speaking in pirate speak <laughs> yes how annoying would that be <laughs> what if i just start responding Wait, to you maybe? only in pirate speak yeah, hold up english to pirate all right you ready ask me a question and i'll uh, respond in pirate uh what did you do today what what are you typing I'm typing my response. I don't know pirate speak. Oh, it literally is going to translate it for you. Uh, so I think the words I researched, the Bermuda Triangle, uh, I don't think pirates said those words. <laughs> those are translated to. Um, how about what did you eat for breakfast this morning? Eggs. <laughs> That's all it is. This is a great translator. <laughs> All right, let's see what happens if I say I robbed a bank. I looted a bank. (laughs) (laughs) Who made this? Uh, Tim Moses made this. (laughs) God. All right, let's get back on track. We are getting so derailed tonight. didn't work anytime i tried it i mean it makes sense like pirates are not saying those words researched no way in hell they're not talking about when they researched something (laughs) yeah i don't think that's in their vocabulary (laughs) (laughs) all right anyway so in the early to mid 1900s a pattern began to form in which vessels traveling the maria triangle would either disappear or be found abandoned so one of the most famous incidents occurred in 1918 when the USS Cyclops vanished. And that was actually on March 4th. So that is 103 years from two days from now. Yeah. So March of 1918, an enormous collier, the USS Cyclops, which is an awesome name. Awesome name. It disappeared on a voyage between the West Indies to Baltimore, and we still have no answers about what happened to it. The Cyclops was 545 feet long. It had a crew of 306 people and was carrying around 11,000 tons of manganese ore, which is used in like steel making, I believe. A little history lesson. The Cyclops had been sailing between the Baltic Sea, Caribbean, and Mexico, assisting with moving coal around the world and helping refugees since 1910. But in 1917, when America entered World War I, the Cyclops became a naval asset transporting troops and coal to fuel ships around the world. In March 1918, the ship was given new cargo, tons and tons of manganese ore. 
uh, which is used in steel making. She, because as you know, it's a uh, Women's History Month, and Woo-hoo. ships are all she's because ladies are boats, I guess. <laughs> are you that a boat, sense. Emmy? Is that is that what's going on? Ladies are boats. Yeah, I mean, all boats are female. Yes, and all women are boats. Yes, that makes sense. Okay, that makes sense to me. Yeah, checks out, right? Yeah, it checks out. So she left Brazil loaded up with this brittle metal. Okay, so this article I, I read in like this Navy history thing was just obsessed with describing the metal, which I just thought was really funny. She left Brazil loaded up with brittle metal then voyaged to Barbados to resupply for the long journey home to Baltimore. It was a nine-day trip. That's so slow. Imagine driving a tanker. That'd suck. I can't imagine traveling anywhere for nine days. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, my God. Like, it's so, not worth it. Uh, so the last known message from the Cyclops simply said, quote, weather fair all well. But on the nine-day journey, something happened and the ship was never heard from again. It vanished without even giving an SOS, which it was actually designed to do. So Navy cruisers scoured the trade route. They scouted the beaches, inspected remote bays, crews radioed the ship day after day with nothing. There was no reply, no debris, not even an oil slick. The ship just straight up vanished. In June of 1918, Assistant Navy Secretary and future President Franklin Delano Roosevelt announced that the ship and its 309 men were presumed lost at sea. And this is, to this day, still the greatest loss of life unrelated to combat in U.S. Navy history. Yeah, that's so strange. That many people could just go missing. Up and vanish. So at the time, there was a lot of theories that it was like um, German U-boats sunk it. But the thing is that we would have an oil slick or debris would have floated up. What's so crazy about this one is that nothing, not even a basket, a body, a piece of clothing has ever surfaced from this. Yeah, that's a thing. I feel like a body would surface. Yeah. So the prevailing theory is that, well, actually at the time it was believed that a sea monster got them, but I mean, the prevailing theory now that's based on like math and science and stuff is that they had an incredibly heavy load. It was poorly balanced. So the Bermuda Triangle is known for like rogue waves. So the Mm -hmm. theory is that it was really poorly balanced and a rogue wave hit it, flipping it over and then it just sunk with everyone. Wow. That's terrible. Yeah. The 306 people, gone. Never to be seen again. Terrible. Oh, also in 1941, uh, so this happened in 1918, 1941, two of the Cyclops' sister ships vanished without a trace along the same trade route. That's creepy. Yeah, but that was during World War II, and the Nazis 100% had submarines there. Like There used to be submarines off of like New York. So mm-hmm. I'd be willing to bet there's a good chance the Nazis had something to do with that. So that's, that's the story of the USS Cyclops. And then we're going to get into Flight 19. Okay. This occurred December of 1945. So I actually got the flight logs from this, which is really interesting, which I'm going to read to you. So five Navy bombers carrying 14 men took off from Fort Lauderdale, Florida to conduct practice bombing runs over some nearby shells. I don't know what a shell is. Do you know? Nope. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll pretend those don't exist then. at 2 p.m on december 5th five tbm avenger torpedo bombers so remember that they're t 
TBM Avenger torpedo bombers for when I disprove some bullshit I read online later. Okay. Um, so left the U.S. Naval Air Station, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, for a routine navigational training flight. On the first leg of the flight, everything was going as planned, and the Flight 19 successfully dropped practice bombs without incident, but at approximately 3.45 p.m., Fort Lauderdale Flight Towers received a message from Taylor, who was like the lead guy, and he reportedly sounded very confused and worried. I'm sharing some water. Wet the whistle. Precisely. It's such a gross... <laughs> so it's gross. A word. It sounds like a sexual innuendo. It really does. I think it was a sexual innuendo, but Low Rider has a song about it. Which makes me think it's a sexual innuendo. Hold up. Did I tell you when I went to the uh, Belmont Stakes, the uh, guest performer at the end was fucking Flow Rider? Really? Yeah, we didn't stick around for that though, because we were in bad shape and wanted to get home. We've been Flo drinking Rida that man. Like actually sucks. I like, know. as a person. <laughs> We didn't stick around. Buddy and I left like, fuck it. We want to go home before everyone in all of Long Island is trying to get out of here and we can't get an Uber. Flow ride it in Long Island. That sounds like a classy event. At a racetrack. All right. So (laughs) this is the interaction from the flight tower in Fort Lauderdale to flight 19. So these are all quotes. Quote, we cannot see land. We seem to be off course. That's from Taylor. This is the tower's response. What's your position? Then after a few moments of silence, the tower operators peered out into the clear day in the direction where the planes were supposed to be operating, but no sign of them. Quote, we cannot be sure where we are. Quote, repeat, cannot see land. Contact was lost for about 10 minutes, but when it resumed, a different voice was radioing in. Mm. We can't find West. Everything is wrong. We can't be sure of any direction. Everything looks so strange, even the ocean. After 20 minutes of radio silence, a new leader's voice was transmitted to the tower, but it was trembling, bordering on hysteria. We can't tell where we are, dot, dot, dot. Everything is dot, dot, dot. Can't make out anything. We think we may be about 225 miles northeast of base. The pilot rambled incoherently for a few moments before uttering the last words ever heard by Flight 19. It looks like we are entering white water. We're completely lost. That gave me chills. I know. I know. That's so, scary. I know. What's so scary about it is like, even if it's not supernatural, we're hearing we're in the last words of 14 people who yeah. are on a routine bombing exercise who just vanished. Yeah. The way they describe it is really weird. Everything looks so strange, even the water. Within 10 minutes, the tower personnel scrambled two PBM Marine flying boats I think those are planes that can land on the water and take off in the water. Mm-hmm. About 10 minutes into the flight, a lot of 10 minute intervals in this story. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess it actually makes sense because these are like air traffic control type people. So they're definitely keeping track of every minute. So after about 10 minutes into the flight, one of the rescue things checked in on the tower for the last time. So one of the rescue planes went down and vanished along with these people. The only one of them returned. Hmm. So six aircraft vanished, and for five days, the Coast Guard, the Navy, the Naval Aviation personnel, they all searched extensively for more than 250,000 square miles of Atlantic and Gulf water, but nothing was ever found of the aviators, the wreckage. There's no aviators, no wreckage, no life rafts, not even an oil slick. 14 men in Flight 19 and 13-man rescue crew all vanished. 
The rescue crew? One of the two rescue crews also vanished. Whoa. Isn't that crazy? So after a massive weeks-long search failed to turn up any evidence, the official naval report declared, quote, it was as if they had flown to Mars. Maybe they did. Maybe they did. And this is where I don't like the internet because we have this insane story. And sure, like aliens are a fun explanation, but the fucking infographic show, I use the infographic show sometimes to find topics, Mm -hmm. but I don't ever trust them because it's live. It's bullshit. They crossed a line. They did a thing. Literally the title was mystery of the Bermuda triangle solved. Right. And usually they're like fairly accurate and they have actual sources to back up what they're saying. So it's like, whatever. I'll read the sources and do some additional research. But this was out of hand. Let me tell you what, Emmy. This started off like a normal thing. And then they first they started off by saying that one of the planes blew up for takeoff, which just didn't happen. It was like right off the bat, we're already like just spewing nonsense. Weird thing to drop into. Yeah. So right off the bat, just fake news off the bat, right? And then to make things even worse, they just refer to them as the wrong type of bombers, right? You would think that the U.S. Navy Historical Database knows the correct type of bomber that was disappeared. So they just, right off the bat, they list the wrong type of bomber that vanished. And then I read to you direct quotes from the flight log, right? That were chilling. Mm -hmm. The quotes that they read just were wrong. They just weren't the quotes they said. And then their thing is before they vanished, according to them, Taylor saw an alien spacecraft fly by and the alien apparently waved to him and they vanished. <laughs> like, no, that didn't happen. But the what alien I really, waved at him. What made me happy though was I checked the comments and all the YouTube comments were like, fuck you guys. Well, this is a real Bermuda Triangle video. What the fuck is this shit? An alien waved at him. That's like the Miley Cyrus I know. taco but, gas station weed thing. I know. What's so upsetting though is all they have to do to make a good episode is just read the fucking true story. They didn't need to like. That, make... I mean, that gave me chills when you. I know. Like, I know it was actually a good story, but these people are like, no, we're gonna make some garbage up. Blah 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 blah. Also, it turns out I did some digging. Strange Encounters of the Third Kind. Never actually seen that movie, have you? Mm-mm. So apparently, the beginning of it has to do with Flight 19, and when I was doing all my digging. It seems like all the people that link aliens and like UFOs to the Bermuda Triangle, they all kind of appear to be using a fictional film as a primary source, which is really problematic. Yeah, that's... In case you're a new listener, Emmy and I, we believe aliens exist. I'm a little bit skeptical about UFOs, but I don't think it's out of the question. My problem is when you're using a fake movie as a primary source to justify something, like you can go fuck yourself. That's not real. Yeah, that's... Yeah, so... There's a lot of really interesting explanations for the Bermuda Triangle. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to go too in-depth in any of them because, honestly, I spent all, most of today trying to find good articles about them, but they don't exist. <laughs> no one who's making claims about Atlantis, about UFOs, about time warps, there's not a single remotely credible article. And by credible article, I mean an article that can cite another article within it. That's all I need. <laughs> This is not a college thesis or anything. I just need you to cite your sources and I will buy your shit, right? Yeah. If your sources are also fake or like inaccurate, as long as you're showing me that you did some research, I will buy it. Because a lot of this stuff isn't real that we enjoy talking about. But like 
I draw the line at like just fabricated shit. Yeah. But I guess the idea is some people believe that Atlantis was swallowed up by the Bermuda Triangle and like some technology from Atlantis is impacting it. Another theory is that there's a time portal there, but mm-hmm. no one really presented any compelling evidence for that. Another thought is that the UFOs, it could be like an underground UFO base there underwater, but I don't understand why you have an underwater UFO base. Another theory is that there's like a interdimensional portal there and that's how like UFOs go to and from and maybe people like fall in there and end up in another dimension or another planet. Mm, interesting. So there's a lot of like interesting theories, but probably not the case. There's also the whole methane gas bubble thing, but that's actually disproven. So I didn't really research it. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff about rogue waves. The biggest thing that came up in my research is that this is such a heavily traveled area that of course things vanish. Just if you look at like the amount of ships that pass through this versus anywhere else, it's like, of course you're seeing an unusual number of things vanishing. There's just an unusual number of airplanes and boats and stuff traveling through this area. And it seems like really rough seas too. Yeah, this is also incredibly rough seas. This is not an easy place to navigate, but no one talks about the thousands and thousands of trips through there that have not caused that vanished. And look, there are a lot of stories and these stories are pretty compelling, right? Like I have absolutely no fucking explanation for what happened for Fight 19. No idea what happened for the USS Cyclops. I can't really explain Ellen Austin. I mean, I think it was probably like tampered with a bit over time and retelling. Mm -hmm. I can't explain Columbus being an idiot though, not knowing what a meteor was, but besides that. I like it though. Yeah, it's a very interesting topic. I think that there's a lot there and it's fascinating. I remember being a kid and being so freaked out by the Bermuda Triangle. I was too. Was there a Scooby-Doo in the Bermuda Triangle that came out when we were kids? I don't know. It sounds like there would be. Perhaps. I don't know. Who knows? Well, would you like to get into the Bennington Triangle? Let's do it. This is obviously a little bit different because... So the Bennington Triangle, as we said, is over the state of Vermont. And Mm -hmm. so it's not over the ocean. Is it like your Alaska Triangle, which is like the entire state of Alaska? I was going to bring that up too. (laughs) No. So it incorporates the stretch of woodlands around Glastonbury Mountain and includes the towns of Bennington, Woodford, and Shaftesbury, as well as the ghost towns of Somerset and Glastonbury. Wait, did you say Shaftesbury? Shaftesbury, yeah. I know where Lake Shaftesbury is. You might have been in the triangle. I mean, I've driven through it dozens of times. Yeah. I may see something, actually. Hold up. Lake Shaftesbury, is that? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is the place where you can rent boats. Oh, yeah, Lake Shaftesbury is really nice, actually. You should Google it. I will. They have good fishing there. There's a single cabin that's available for rent. You can um, camp there at lean-tos. Pets are permitted. It's a cool place. Yeah, I'm a fan. Well, apparently it's also haunted too. I could buy that. The ghost town with Glassberry or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. Once I'm fully vaccinated and I don't have to worry about my parents, they're also being fully vaccinated. We're going to do a Vermont trip, maybe a little bit after mud season, because this is all like really close to my house and we can make like content. And also yeah. I want to go fishing and I need someone to go fishing with me. I'm down. Okay, so... The Bennington Triangle, centered around Glastonbury Mountain in Vermont. So 
it's known for a lot of different things, but what it really became known for was between the 1940s and 1950s, there was a huge string of unexplained deaths and disappearances. But since then, there has been reported UFO activity, Bigfoot sightings, strange lights and sounds, dead air radio. There's like weird voices coming through, unexplained navigation mishaps, like the Bermuda Triangle, and planes that have mysteriously crashed. So we're definitely got to investigate. I can say for a fact it's more safe than the Premier Triangle because I've driven through Bennington and like Shaftesbury. So I know it's safe to drive around there. We'll say I've been to Bennington and I got, it's weird because it wasn't necessarily a scary vibe, but it's just like something happened here. Yeah. That's, I mean, Benning, all I can Vermont say. is the 14th state. It's been here a while. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know much about it. I never really looked into it, but in our town, there is a monument to the Green Mountain Boys who are the soldiers, the Vermont soldiers who fought the British and the revolution. Yeah. Very interesting. So the phrase Bennington Triangle was first coined by the New England author, Joseph A. Crito in 1992. So a while after these disappearances. Yeah. And he named it this because there's also a Bridgewater Triangle in Massachusetts Mm -hmm. that's very similar. So maybe that's something we explore in a future episode. Big triangle people. So right off the bat, the area is supposedly cursed according to Native American folklore dating back way back before white people were there. Is there a Native American burial ground? It doesn't say that specifically, but it says that Native Americans have long been like very hesitant and don't want to be around the area because it's supposed to be cursed. And there's actually an Algonquin legend that says there's like this certain stone in the mountains around there that if you step on it, it will suck you in. So the Native Americans didn't want to get anywhere near there. So we'd go viral, but I don't want to go on it. But if like we made someone step on the stone and took a video of it, we'd go viral on TikTok for sure. I do not want to disappear into a stone. No, let's not do it. We'll get someone else to step on it. We'll record it. No, that's like the fucking Jake Paul thing. What if we get someone who's terminally ill and going to die anyway? Oh my God, no. (laughs) Vermont assisted suicide, but they're but Vermont doesn't allow that. We're giving them what they want. No, 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 no. <laughs> we could just put like a rock on it and see if the rock gets sucked. Yes. In. Okay. Sure, we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's their compromise. We don't want any death on our TikTok. Okay, that's fair. Okay, so there have been a number of Bigfoot sightings. I'll start there because I All think. Right. I think it'll make the disappearance stories more interesting when you have this background. Mm -hmm. So there have been a lot of sightings of this Bigfoot-like creature that has since become known as the Bennington Monster, but it really just sounds like a Bigfoot, you know, big ape man, Mm -hmm. hairy, walking around in the woods. Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. 
And the sightings date back to the early 1800s. And there's actually an account of there's like a stagecoach full of passengers and their vehicle got knocked over by a large Bigfoot-like creature and only one of them survived. That's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy, right? That is. So now I will get into the missing people. And this is pretty crazy, especially when you consider how sparsely populated Vermont is, especially back then. Mm -hmm. And the number of people that have disappeared in really weird ways. So first one is this guy named Carol Hennick. And this is in 1943. And there's not a ton of information about Hennick, but he went missing during a hunting trip about 10 miles northeast of Glastonbury. Mm-hmm. Is Glastonbury um, the ghost town? Yes. Okay. And he went missing. His body was discovered three days later, surrounded by large, mysterious footprints. And he had apparently been squeezed to death. Oh my goodness. Which I don't even know what that looks like. Like what kind of animal would squeeze you to death? You know? A boa constrictor? Right. But in Vermont? No. So Glastonbury is, I just Googled it, Mm -hmm. is an hour and 33 minutes away from my house in Vermont. But that's only because Vermont's roads are like incredibly weird and instead yeah. of having a straight shot, you have to go all the way below it and back up around. But yeah, hour 33. That's not bad at all. We could visit it. That's <laughs> scary. <laughs> so the next one. So this is when the disappearances really start picking up. Mm-hmm. So there's this hunting guide named Mitty Rivers. And just from the name, you can tell that like he's an experienced outdoors dude. There's two professions you can have. You can be a professional lacrosse player or an outdoorsman. Right? (laughs) That's so accurate. So he's a 74-year-old hunting guide, and he takes this group out to the woods. And he was leading them back to camp, but kind of got ahead of the group. Mm -hmm. And he ended up completely disappearing. I mean, like, how far could he have gone ahead, first of all? And initially, they weren't concerned because, like, he's such a skilled outdoorsman. But when he didn't come back after a few hours, they started a search. And over the coming days, they had a search party of 300 people and U.S. Army soldiers dispatched They combed through the wilderness for eight days, and the only thing they found was his gun, but he was never found. Oh, my God. When was this again? What year? This was in 1945. Oh, wow. So that's, like, more recent than I'd have expected. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Look, the wilderness is very dense in Vermont. It is. I've Um, never seen a Bigfoot there, but there are bears, and that's why I do have a knife when I go fishing. Yeah. I mean, not that I'd do anything against a bear, but like maybe if I ever got pinned, I could stab it enough to let it like not murder me, hopefully. That one's weird because how far could he have gotten from the group? Yeah, I don't know. Okay, this one I have no explanation for. All right. 
So there's this guy named James Tepford. So James had been in this place in Vermont visiting his relatives and returning home on a bus. And according to witnesses, he was one of 14 passengers who was on the bus. Yeah. And there was a ton of witnesses. People recognized him, whatever. So according to the bus driver and the people on the bus, he's on the bus the last stop before Bennington. Yeah. Then when they get to Bennington, he's gone. What? No one saw him like sneak off? The bus did not stop between the last stop and Bennington. And people saw him on the bus at that stop. He did not get off. And then at Bennington, he was not there. But all of his belongings were on the bus. And an open bus timetable was like on his vacant seat. That's so so strange. No one saw him get off and he was never found. So he just vanished? It's not like he could just like hop off the bus. Yeah, it was moving. Was there a bathroom on the bus? Was he like stuck in the bathroom? (laughs) Forever. (laughs) Yeah, I got locked. Uh, You feel like they would have checked, but who knows? (laughs) They got, oh, bus is cursed. Let's just throw it in the dump. The guy's like, hey, guys, we're stuck in here. (laughs) Okay. In 1950, there's an eight-year-old named Paul Jepson. An eight-year-old named Paul just doesn't sound right, first of all. So he's just like playing out in the yard. And his mom, who's watching him, goes back to their farm. I guess they live on a farm, right? And the kid's playing in the yard, and she goes to check on the pigs. Bad move. The boy goes missing. They assemble a search party, and the bloodhound was able to pick up his scent. Yeah. But it lost the scent at a nearby crossroads, which suggests that it might have been an abduction. Mm -hmm. But they're not sure. What's weird about this story is that the boy's father told the newspaper that the days leading up to his disappearance, he kept talking about how he just needed to get into the mountains. He was like obsessed with it. That's so weird. And it was like all he was talking about. He was just like, I need to get into the mountains. Like, and for an eight-year-old, that's just yeah, that's, so- that's weird. That's like someone who lives in Manhattan. Yeah. Out of their apartment. Literally me. (laughs) That is insane. Okay. And I have one last disappearance. All right. So this is in also 1950. So the same year that the eight-year-old disappeared. Mm -hmm. So there's this woman named Frida Langer. And she and her family went camping in the woods near Glastonbury. Yep. They're only a few hundred yards from their campsite and Langer slips into a stream Mm -hmm. and gets her clothes all wet. So she's like, okay, guys, I'm just going to head back to camp, change my clothes. I'll be right back. They're a few hundred yards away. So she's got a friend at the camp and a friend at the stream, but between the two, she disappeared. Okay. So she was missing for a really long time and they have huge search parties out. This was like one of the biggest missing persons cases in Vermont's history. And then seven months later, 
mm-hmm. May 12th, 1951, her body was found near Somerset Reservoir in an area that had previously been extensively combed through. But yeah. due to the decomposition of the body, they couldn't determine a cause of death at all, and the case remains unsolved. That's insane. Weird, right? Yeah. So do people just disappear as other creepy shit happened there too? So, you know, there's definitely the Bigfoot sightings. Yeah. People have reported UFO activity, strange floating lights, and other like cryptids or like weird creatures around. And I didn't go a ton into those. And there's a few explanations that people have, including the Indian curse. Mm -hmm. But some other explanations are, I guess there's really weird wind patterns. It sounds like the date love pass. Is it like the infrasound stuff? So that makes people go crazy specifically, but it said due to unstable wind patterns, people can get easily lost because it's very like chaotic and confusing, but it definitely could be that weird sound that makes people literally interesting. Luckily my house is not in the Bennington triangle. Yeah. Thank God. Although I said I'd be banished. Dun, dun, dun. Missing. I don't want to be lost in the woods. I'd be stinky. That would stink. Yeah, but I thought this one was really fun. That was a really, really interesting one. Like some of these, the bus one really gets me. The only way is if they screwed up. It's possible that people, you know, eyewitness testimony people didn't realize that he got off the bus but you think he'd get off the bus with this stuff unless he's trying to make himself look like he vanished yeah exactly that's weird that's the weird part is that all of his stuff was there yeah the girl is the crazy one though whose body was found several months later in an area that was heavily combed through right that's freaky and it was so decomposed suggesting that it had been there for a while yeah that's so weird so It's also interesting that a lot of these happened in like the 40s and 50s. Well, it's all in that one 10-year period. I feel like all the weird, creepy stuff happened in the 50s. Yeah, I wonder what that is. Could it be something with the nuclear weapons, perhaps? All the nuclear testing? Probably. (laughs) I feel like all the best scary stories, like Dateloff Pass, or maybe it's just that they weren't capable of solving them then. A lot of the Bermuda Triangle stuff happened in 50s and earlier. It's just like all the the great mysteries of the world, I feel like, happened then. Yeah, maybe it's a perfect storm of, like, people were able to communicate better, so we actually know these stories, but they weren't able to solve them yet. Yeah, and they're still not able to. So that's just interesting. It is. Very, very fascinated. Very interesting. So, want to wrap up the episode? Let's do it. Are we going to read a review today or what? Yeah. All right, so let me pull up the old Apple podcast. It's time to read a review. This is from Squishzilla87, titled A Very Fun Show to Add to Your Dot Dot Dot. Does not say the full title. <laughs> if you want a show with great hosts and interesting topics, then you've picked the right one. Steve and Emmy are well spoken and witty, and they also have an enthusiastic and charming back and forth. I would highly recommend. Thanks. What's her name? Zilla87. Thanks. Thank you guys so much for listening to our show. We really appreciate it. 
Make sure to sign up for our newsletter and read our blogs on our website, misfitsandmysteries.com. So where can people find us, Emmy? Yeah, you can find us at misfitsandmysteries.com. That's where all of our blogs and merch and everything else is. The newsletter. Yes. And you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at podcast underscore misfits. What am I missing? We have a YouTube show, the <laughs> Misfits and Mysteries. Uh, rate and review and subscribe. We love your reviews. We're going to keep reading them off. So please keep doing them. Also helps the show a ton. And yeah, stay spooky, Misfits. Stay spooky. Bye, guys. Bye.